Let's join our brother Randy as he shares from the topic, There's Something About That Name, Jesus. From the country, Somerset. My mother was a pastor for over 30 years, so I knew right from wrong. I was brought up to serve God, but I chose to go my own way, and I suffered terrible for it. But I thank God that I've had a road to Damascus experience, and I've rededicated my life and my heart to God, so that God's will can be done in my life. My name is Brother Randy Lightman. Join me as I share the word of God. My topic today is called something about the name Jesus. We have sung a few songs earlier um, about Jesus' name, highlighting Jesus' name. This message that God has laid on my heart, I believe it goes with the other messages that God has laid in the previous two weeks. Thus the Holy Spirit matter, and let the word of God still pass. And this is also one that I believe goes with it because it highlights all those messages highlight the power that we as children of God actually have at our disposal. The Holy Spirit indwelling us always being able to use the word of God. The Holy Spirit is going to use that word of God that has the power to save souls, that has the power to change people's lives. The Holy Spirit, the word of God, is what enables us to grow into sanctification in our walk of God. We are called to be holy. We are called to live a certain type of life. And the sooner you realize that you're not able to do that in your own strength, the more these types of messages resonate with your spirit and give you encouragement. Today is highlighting something about the name Jesus. And as children of God, we need to really know there's something about the name Jesus. That name Jesus. I'm going to bring some scriptures that's going to highlight what the name Jesus means. I'm going to bring some, some um, different texts that highlight different historical recordings of what's happened in using the name of Jesus. But as a child of God, we need to know that there is a specific power that is given to us in the name Jesus. Okay, but let us go look at this text. And it's, it's the text that was read earlier. It's found in Matthew 1, 18 to 25. We know that this text of scripture is read during the Christmas time because it highlights Jesus' birth. But I just want to highlight Yes, his birth, but some of the specific directions concerning his birth as it leads up to his name. 
It, it starts at verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. May God add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. I have two points I want to bring out as it relates to my topic. Point number one, what's in a name? That's, that's point number one. What's in a name? Point number two is, what is in Jesus' name? Okay. For point number one, let's turn to Genesis chapter 17, uh, verses 3 and 5, and also verses 15 and 16. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. Verse 15 says, And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai, thy wife, thou shalt not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her, and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Praise the Lord. Let's turn to Isaiah also 9, 6, and 7. It reads, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government, and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The seal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. May God add a blessing also to the reading of this early word. Point one says, what's in the name? Um, those of us, especially 
in, in, in these modern times know that a name carries a lot of weight. You could use the name to get you endorsed that those who don't know that name will not be able to get into. Who you are and who you are, whose name you are associated with can make a big difference. I can knock on the Queen's front door as much as I like, but if I go there and say my name, that name's going to stand for months, <laughs> and, and, and I won't be knocking on that door for a long time. Okay? But if I'm named Biden, if I'm named some world leader that they knew, it gets recognized. It opens the door for you. And the text of scripture we read concerning Abram, who later becomes Abraham, we see God coming to Abram and telling him that I'm making a covenant with you and that I'm going to make you a father of many nations. It don't sound right. It doesn't sound right at all, especially when you we know the context of Abram's situation, him being an old man and his wife being an old woman, way past any childbearing years. Something that we believe in, you read in scripture, they had accepted that Sarah was never going to be able to bear any children. So much to the extent that we know that Sarah gives one of her handmaids to Abram so that he can follow a child through them. When you read that scripture, you see God coming and making a statement that despite your circumstances, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. So much so that I'm changing your name so that your name actually means that. So we took him from Abram and named him Abraham. And in doing that, he became this father of many nations, or at least his name became that. His name became his father of many nations. That's what Abraham means. Then he goes on later in verses 15 and 16, he changes Sarai's name to Sarah. And when you look at that, in the English, we, we just see that it's basically put an H-A in, in Abraham's name and it's put an H instead of an I on Sarah's name. But when you look at it in the Hebrew, God put a it's called a H, H-E-H. It lo- almost looks like an H. That's what God put in their names and changing their names. When you study the uh, Hebrew language, you find that that hate that he puts in there is used as breeze and in most places as a as the spirit, breath, breath of God. So when you look at it in the proper context, God simply took Abram and Sarai's names and put his spirit in them. He put his spirit in them. That hate he put in there. All the people hate in the Hebrew which stood for the spirit. He put his hate in their names and changed it. Your names make a difference. 
Abram's name becomes Abraham. Abram, the fatherless, becomes Abraham, the father of many nations. Because God chose to put his spirit in them. When you study the text of scripture concerning Abram, Abraham, and Sarah, and specifically God's covenant, God's beginning with Israel, you'll find that they were chosen. And God says, I'm going to make your name great. What's in a name? A name reveals who you are. A name reveals what you're about. A name represents your even your um, authority. The Holy Spirit was given to Abram, Abraham and Sarah so that they can be what God would have them to be. So that Abraham could be this father of many nations. We now have the benefit of hindsight 2020. We know how great Abraham is. Abraham ended up having eight sons. This scripture that, that we are dealing with when it speaks to this covenant that God gave to Abraham was only from one son. The only one son that mattered was Isaac because he was the son that was given to the man. Though that name means he will be a father of many nations. Abraham fathered many nations. And if you study his life, you'll find that after Sarah passes, he has six more sons, and they become great in their right. Then scripture gives you specific directions about uh, um, Ishmael. Though Ishmael wasn't part of the promise, he still became a great nation. He had 12 sons, came out of him also. God is honoring what he done with the name of Abraham and makes Abraham a massive father of many nations. When you read of the blessings that God had put on Abraham's life, he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless them that bless you. I'm going to curse them that, that curse you. All nations of the world are going to be blessed because of your name and through your name. A name makes a difference. And I'm highlighting this stuff because I'm going to lead up to the topic. The topic is, is something about the name of Jesus. I'm showing you how God puts value in a name and how God honors that name. Abraham has been there for thousands and thousands of years. Abraham's name is still a great name. Abraham's name is cherished by three main religions. Our Christian religion, Judaism, even the Islam religion. Abraham is living up to what God said he would do. He would make his name a great name. He would make him a father of many nations. But he also highlighted, I'm going to make your name great. So what's in a name? It all depends on what the name is. It all depends on what's the value God puts in that name. So when you look at Abraham, God put his spirit in him. God chose to bless him and promised him 
He will make of him a many great nations, but he will make his name great. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years later, Abraham's name is still great. As we, we talked about this place that holds you between death and the throne of God of judgment. Those of us who know God in the departing of our sins, those of us who know who Jesus Christ is, will sit in a place that's called Abraham's bosom. This is the honor that God has given the name of Abraham. I'm highlighting this because God puts a value on a name. We read earlier in, in Isaiah 9, um, 6 and 7, it's another well-known Christmas um, account of Jesus' birth, but it highlights the different names. It said that unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And then it goes on to say that the darkness shall be upon his shoulder, and then it names all the, the different names that he shall be. All those names are a description of Emmanuel. God with us. They are a description more specifically brought out in the first text we read in Matthew when God, through the archangel Gabriel, gave them Jesus' name. Jesus is the way we know it today in, in terms of the Greek translation. It's barren and clearly seen in the Old Testament as Yahweh or Joshua. Joshua is basically the same way. But when they translate it into the Greek, it comes across as Jesus. What's important is God knows who you're talking about. You can mispronounce Jesus' name. But if you mean to say Jesus, he knows. When you get into Christ's Sermon on the Month in, in um, um, Matthew 5, 6, one of the things that gets highlighted though, is that God deals with not what you're doing on the outward sense. God deals because he knows the thoughts and the intents of your heart. God said to them, and listen, I know it's been said to you that thou shalt not commit adultery. But Jesus said, listen, if you even think about it, if you even lust about it, it's the same thing. So what matters to God is where your heart and where your intent is. So when people try to get up and get caught up into us mispronouncing who Jesus is, Jesus knows who we're talking about. Jesus knows who we are reaching out to. And that's the difference. When we look at Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, it's important to realize that this is a form of a simile. Unto us, a child is born, and unto us, a son is given. It's sons like a simile. They sound like they're talking about the same thing. But it's important that it is a distinction there. A child was born in the manger. The son was given on Calvary. And God makes that distinction in her. A child is born, the son is given later. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. Sounds like he's talking about the same thing. But it's two stages. The child was born. Later, the son is given. And that's why it's read that way. It's told that way by Isaiah. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. And then a child talks about his name. 
God puts a high value on a name. And by the time we finish here today, Lord willing, the Holy Spirit will reveal that truth that we as children of God will be able to understand what's in a name. All through scripture, you see that God honors names. We live in a society that honors names. It's who you are and who you know that really matters in certain circles. When you want to get into certain circles, you need to know a name. You need to be associated with a name. More so in this walk with God. What's in a name? A whole lot. You're going to find out. Names open doors for you. The right name opens the door. The wrong name at the Queen's Castle is going to cause you to get, you know, minimum in a straitjacket. Because there ain't no reason you should be coming around no Queen's Castle if you don't have a name that's recognized. My topic is that there is something about the name Jesus. There is a song that is sung. There is something about the name Jesus. Those who don't know Jesus don't have no idea about who Jesus is. They have no idea about the power that's associated with the name of Jesus. What's even more disturbing is that there are saints of God that don't know that there is something about the name of Jesus. They have a name. If I had a contact with the queen, you know, with Biden, if I was on first name basis with them, if they knew my name, if they were my friends, it would create so much opportunities in my life. It will create so much doors to be open for me. I will become very relevant in this world. News people will be following me around just to find out what I'm doing because they know that I'm associated with the Queen. They know that I'm associated with the President of the United States because of their names. We need to know that we are associated with the most powerful name in this world. It's the name of Jesus. And we need to know that there really is something about the name Jesus. This brings me to my second point. What is actually in Jesus' name? What is actually in Jesus' name? Um, We have talked about Abraham and Sarah. We have talked about what their names mean. Abraham's name, clearly, God's honoring his word. He clearly made Abraham a father of many nations. He's made Abraham's name great. He specifically said, I'm going to make your name great. You go almost anywhere in the world. Abraham's name is highly respected. Those of other religions that would kill us because we're Christians respect Abraham. Look unto Abraham. They may be wrong in their beliefs, but they respect the name of Abraham. All because God said, I will make your name great. While looking at point number two, what is in Jesus' name? We are able to see clearly how great God made Abraham's name. Let's look at what God has done from 
Isaiah 9, 6, 7, concerning those names of Jesus. Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25. Now we see that this name Jesus is given, meaning God will be with us. There is a power that's associated with this name. And we're going to break it down. So I want to break it down as much as I can so that clarity is in each person's mind. That as much as you rate knowing big celebrities, whether they be sports people, actors, governors, kings, presidents, whatever, their name carries a lot of weight and carries a lot of authority and a lot of power. I want us to leave her today. If we didn't know, we're going to know. And if we did know, we're going to be clearly reminded of what the name of Jesus stands for. We need to be clear about this. There is something about the name Jesus. The soul writer knows what he's talking about when he sings that song. Okay, let's look at a few scriptures that I have highlighted. Acts 3, verse 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Let's continue. Most of these will be found in in Acts. This is in Acts 19, verses 13 to 17. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, Acts, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of one Shiva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this was known of all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling in Ephesus. And fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Praise the Lord. Acts 4, verse 12, very well-known one. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Praise the Lord. This is Acts 8, verse 12. But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. Philippians 2 Verse 9 to 11 says, Wherefore God also had highly, emphasis on this word, highly exalted him. We are talking about Jesus Christ here. And given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. Those scriptures give you a whole lot of clarity on what's in the name. It starts to open your eyes up of who Jesus Christ is, even clearer. More importantly, it reveals a power that is given to all of us that have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That we now have an authority in that name. We have a power in that name that we can operate under. It first shows up in Acts 3, where Peter and John are walking. They are walking in an area that they have done many times, even with Jesus. But Jesus never healed this lame man that was sitting there. Jesus left that lame man that he had passed himself many times prior to him being crucified and resurrected and leaving his earth. That lame man sat at that gate. He had been there all his life. He left him for Peter and John once the Holy Spirit was, was in him. What becomes clear is that after Peter and John have received this Holy Ghost in their lives, they get more clarity on what the Word of God is. One of the first demonstrations after the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the preaching of the gospel and those thousands of people that got saved is the account of when they're going to the temple. And as they're going to the temple, Peter reveals that he knows that he has an authority. He has a power. He has a trump card in his pocket that he could call on any time. He tells his man, listen, silver and gold, I don't have. But what I do have, I can give to you. And then he says, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. We as children of God need to know that God has highly exalted Jesus. He has highly exalted his name. So much so that if you call on this name, Scripture says demons in hell tremble. Scripture says that people can be healed. Peter demonstrates it right from the beginning. Right from the beginning, Peter demonstrates what happens when you use this name, Jesus. There is a power in knowing that Jesus' name matters. Jesus' name opens doors for you. Way better and easier than all these celebrities on this earth. Jesus' name is exalted above Abraham's name. I read to you in Philippians that God had highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. Okay? It's important that you always know that Jesus, and Jesus' name has been given this special authority from God. And if you operate in that belief, if you operate in that faith, y'all got the same opportunity that Peter and John have in being able to say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, be delivered. Scripture is clear that demons tremble 
when they hear the name of Jesus called. But I want to highlight something to you here. This name Jesus is not an abracadabra name. This name Jesus is not for unsaved people to use. An unsaved person don't have this power, even though they know the name. It's a difference. Those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, those of us who stand on this name of Jesus, who believe in this name of Jesus, we have it. Let's look at Acts 19 again. Acts 19, 13 to 17 gives the account of these guys who was operating in some form of occult beliefs and spiritualism, and they saw what Paul was doing in terms of casting demons out of people. Paul was laying hands on people, and when he done it, he would call on the name of Jesus because that's where his authority was. That's where his power was. And he would cast the demons out of these people, and they would be changed. They would be healed. They'll be sitting in their right mind. This account in Acts 19 is that there was a group of guys, seven of them, who saw what Paul was doing. And they went and took someone who they knew had some demon possession in them. And they laid hands on that person. And then they made the claim that they are doing it in the name of Jesus and in the name of Paul. That scripture is very clear. That scripture says that the evil demon spirit is idle. Though these guys use Jesus' name and even associated Paul's name with it, the demon says, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but I don't know who you are. And then the girl's scripture goes on to say that that demon took a hold of those seven guys and beat them severely so they ran out of the house naked and wounded. Jesus' name is not abracadabra for anybody. Jesus' name is a power given to those that believe. So even if you don't believe, you don't call on Jesus' name and expect things to happen if they're not a believer. The power is in the name when you believe. There is a belief that is needed for you to be able to have access to the power of Jesus' name. They use the name Jesus. Those demons told them, look, I know who Jesus is. I know even know who Paul is. And, and that's a lesson in it for you all as children of God. These demons, these evil spirits, those of us that are truly worshiping God, Satan and his team know who you are. They know who you are and they fight against you. They didn't even know these guys. They said, what? I know Jesus. I didn't even know a Paul. But you trying to tell me to move on? And they done some terrible things to them guys because they did not have the power that's associated with the name of Jesus Christ. So I want to highlight, Jesus' name is not an abracadabra name for people to call Jesus whatever they want and think they're going to get some type of power. Jesus' name operates under a Holy Ghost faith that is in a person's heart. Is that faith that you have is that genuine belief of who Jesus Christ is and what he's done in your life. 
that empowers you. You are supposed to go out every day confidently because you've got the land. You don't need the queen's name, the prime minister's name, anybody's name. You have Jesus' name stamped in your heart every day. No matter what you face on your job, what you face in life, in your marriage, in any opposition you face, you go there knowing you've got the name of Jesus as your power and your authority. There is something about the name of Jesus. Those demons said, I know who Jesus is. I don't even know who Paul is because Paul operates in this Jesus name. He operates under that power. But if you try to use Jesus' name and you're not a believer and you're not got your trust in faith in God, you're sending vain words up. And you're not got no authority. Jesus' name is of none effect to you. Let's look at Acts 4 and that very well-known one that we know. It's, it's very well-known. I always think about it because it sits on Skull Hill. And it's so beautiful for everybody. See, I grew up seeing that. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven. Under heaven is everywhere. Even those guys who go up into space, they're still under heaven. No other name given among man whereby we must, we can be saved. All the salvation in the world, God has put it under the umbrella of one name, of one name. This context here in Acts 4 is a direct result of what happened in Acts 3. And Peter and John being before these Sanhedrin uh, council, and the earlier scriptures say that if you're questioning me about, because they did ask them what name, what authority you have to be doing what you're doing. And Paul, Peter says, well, if you're questioning about this guy being healed and what authority was, then he goes on to present Jesus to them. And he said that there is that name, Jesus, is the authority that we have. This same Jesus you crucified, God raised again from the dead and has given us the power. And then he tells them who had their other beliefs in terms of how they are to get to heaven. Peter lays a beat line in the sand and says, there is no other name, not Moses, not none of them other ways that you're doing in the law is going to get you to heaven. Neither is there salvation found in anybody else. And in anything else that goes for today, not a Buddhist, not an Islam, not a Shislam, not a Scientology, none of their names can help you. If you're in trouble and you are a believer, if you've got yourselves in a situation, if you're facing a situation, you can call Muhammad, you can call a Buddhist, you can call a Scientology person, but if you believe in Jesus, and you call Jesus' name, he would heal you. He would help you. Whatever you're facing in your life, it's the name of Jesus that's going to pick you up and help you to deal with it. This is the authority that's been given to the name of Jesus. This name that was given way back when Joseph was wondering, should he get rid of his wife? She's having something that is from the Holy Ghost. It's no man been before. 
And when he is born, you're going to call his name Jesus. Because that name Jesus is going to be the only way man can come to me. We as children of God need to know the power we have that's in the name of Jesus. I remember being younger and people get uncomfortable with it sometimes, but I clearly remember younger walking through a neighbor's yard. I was a believer. I was young. I was, I believe I was 16 there. And I was cutting through Bob's Valley and I cut through another yard to go down towards the bedroom. And when I came to this yard, this dog came out whopping out of the head out of nowhere. And it frightened me because it caught me off guard. I didn't see it coming. And the only thing I could shout out was the blood of Jesus. The dog made the sound as if somebody hit him. He made that boing, like someone hit him. He stopped and ran around. I stood there looking because I couldn't believe, because nobody else wanted there. It was just me and the dog. Nobody hit the dog. The dog made the noise and responded and went back. And I went one down the road, walking to myself and said, believe that. It was a natural response to me because I was terrified at that moment. The only thing that I could call out for was Jesus. I knew that he could help me. And I called out and I got a response. I've experienced it numerous times since then. I'm saying this to say that there is something about the name Jesus when you are a believer. When you put your confidence and your trust, you put your reliance on the name of Jesus, it's a difference. There is a power that will change you. If you're caught up in any drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, anything that you shouldn't be in, anything that's got you bombed, Jesus' name will deliver you. If you put your belief in Jesus' name, you get deliverance. There is no other way into heaven but in the name of Jesus Christ. We must believe this as children of God. There is a power we have. Peter said, silver and gold, I, I don't have. But what I do have, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. He was sick and in that position for years. But it's the name of Jesus. He tells, and on um, chapter four, he tells the council that if you're wondering how I was able to do this, if you're wondering what authority, what name, it's the name of Jesus. Scripture goes on farther in that text to say that after Peter and them guys had talked to him, they said they took note that these were simple men, but that they had been with Jesus. We need to be able to have this type of reputation. We need to just stand on it, make it Jesus' responsibility. It's not us. It's not me trying to be something. I need to let God have his way in me so that he can make me what he would have me be. I can operate in power when I move myself out of the way and I stand on the authority of Jesus' name. That's what's going to change lives. That person that's trying to make their way, that person that is depressed and sad and lonely, dealing with all types of stuff, broken marriages, whatever they're going through in their lives, whatever hard situations, money problems, whatever it is, it's the name it's called the name of Jesus. If you put your reliance on Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he will bring you through all those other situations. It starts with a belief in who Jesus is. What's in a name? 
It depends on what the name is. This name we stand on is called the name of Jesus. And scripture says it's still the same. That power is still there. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 to 11, because this is what I want to close on. And I believe it sort of brings home better than all the other scriptures put together the importance of the name of Jesus. Wherefore, verse 9, wherefore God also had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. I'm going to stop. Hallelujah. I'm going to stop right there because I need to highlight this, sir. In case anybody missed it, it was very clear. It said that he's highly exalted. He's been given a name that is above every other name. Above Buddhists, above Muhammad, Confucius, any of the Hindus, any other name of any other type of God that is out there. Is that this name, is that this name, okay, it's been highly exalted. Verse 10 says, but that at the name of Jesus, that word shows up again, it's called every, every, just so that nobody's getting left out here. Every knee should bow. Listen to the direct of the sin that's been given her. Every knee shall fall of the things that are in heaven, of things in earth, and of things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Praise the Lord. You can get nothing else. You don't need nothing else. This covers every religion. This covers every type of belief. This covers everything you're ever going to need to know about life going forward. Because there is a name that God says that is highly exalted, so highly exalted, so that there will be a day. There will be a day. If not today, if not in this lifetime, those of them that have gone and passed away, they do not escape it. They do not escape it. Because there will come a time, there will come a place when they will have to stand before God. And when they do, they might be saying Buddhism right now. They might be saying Hinduism right now. They might be saying Islam right now. But when that day comes and they stand before Jesus, they're going to say Jesus is Lord. They're going to say Jesus is Lord. No matter what they're saying right now, Every tongue, every word will confess that Jesus is Lord. It's very important that everybody understand this. We have the beauty because we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. I freely say it and I clearly say it. But this scripture says that it's coming a day that if you ain't done it in this life, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. Every time, every single body that's going to the grave already, they're going to stand before God. Whatever they were calling on her God before, when they see Jesus, they're going to say, Jesus is Lord. There is a time you're going to stand before God and you're going to say, Jesus is Lord. All those that are 
Buddhists and Hindus and whatever they are right now, they will call out when they send before God. They're going to say, Jesus is Lord. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee, every knee needs every single body, no matter where you are, no matter what you're believing right now. When you do stand before Jesus, there is a power, there is an authority given to Jesus. There is a name that is highly exalted above every name. You're going to acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and Savior. My question today, or my statement today to anybody is simple. Jesus is Lord. You can say it now, or you can say it later when it don't come. If you say it now, it comes. If you say it now, you'll come in and change your life. If you say it now, and you really believe it, and you know it, and you accept him as your Lord and Savior, if he is your Lord, you ain't got to worry about being uncomfortable saying it in the end when you see him again. Because when you see him again, you're happy to say it again. You're happy to see your Lord and Savior. But those who do not accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior, they're still going to say it. They are still going to call out to this Jesus as Lord. They are still going to call out and recognize that that name, Jesus, is the only name. My instruction and encouragement to us today as children of God is to stand on the power that we have that's in the name of Jesus. Bind every spirit that comes up against us. All those that do foolish stuff who, who come against us, don't worry about them. Bind the spirit that's in them because that spirit is subject to the name of Jesus. Stand in that spirit. Stand in that power. Those that don't know Jesus, I say, recognize who Jesus is. Seek the Lord while he may be found, because there will come a time, you're going to say it, but it won't come when you do. Say it while it comes. Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Those of us that are saved, let's walk in the power and the authority that is given to this man, Jesus. This is what God has laid in my heart, and I pray that you walk in that strength and walk in that confidence. In Jesus' name, amen.